been the most thrilled about the NIT and the Badgers' participation in the NIT? We've had that conversation. Don't need to relitigate that. I was locked in last night. I was dialed in, 100% focused. And then, once that game ended, I became 100% focused on the Pelicans versus the Warriors. And then I played a little League of Legends. I got some work done. I was very dialed in last night. As focused and as productive as I could be on a Tuesday night. I can prove to you how focused and productive I was because the Boston Celtics lost to the Washington Wizards last night. I didn't even see it. I wasn't following the game. I wasn't paying attention to the game. I didn't tweet about it. That's how you know that I am in my lab. I'm in my, I'm working. I'm focused. I'm dialed in. The Celtics do not lose a game. The Celtics don't even play in a close game without me tweeting about it and praying for their downfall and tweeting for their downfall. The Celtics lost to the Wizards last night, which is a catastrophic loss for them and a massive, massive game for the Bucs. And we'll talk about that in a little bit. I didn't even notice until it was done. I was going to bed. I saw a tweet. Hey, what the heck? Celtics lost? Oh, my God. Even I didn't even notice. I was grinding. I was, I was getting work done. I was emailing guests. I, I was writing segments. I was doing research. I was playing... I was playing video games, what I was doing, but I was focused and I was being productive. And that's, that's really what matters. That's what it comes down to. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you've had an outstanding day. Just a great day. I'm glad you're here. We have a Bucks game coming up in a little bit. The Brewers start their season tomorrow, the night before opening day. To commemorate the event, to commemorate the day, uh, I wrote a poem, a Brewers poem, and I'm going to read it at 5 o'clock. I figured we'd do some Brewers talk, maybe some Packers talk in the second half of the show. But at 5 o'clock, I will be reading my Brewers poem that I penned just about an hour ago. I think it's quite good. It's not going to win awards, but I think it's quite good. So that's coming up. I want to talk Packers and talk about what Matt LaFleur had to say a little bit. Coming up in the second half of the show, Bucks Pacers at 6. So when the show is done, we can turn right over to that game. Should be great Brewers tomorrow. And who knows? Maybe Goody or Rogers will say something nuts during these uh, next two hours. 608-796-2558 is the phone number to call or to text if you want to be part of the show. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. If you want to follow along, tweet me. Say, hey, Grant, you're right about this. Good job with the show. Or if you want to say, hey, you suck and you're wrong, whatever. I can take it. I don't block. I'm, I'm down for the discourse on Twitter, 100%. You can find me at Wisco Grant. Before we start the show, we need to have a little bit of a team meeting, a, a little huddle. So huddle up here. Uh, discuss a couple things before we get going. So yesterday, I came into the studio thinking people are going to be fired up. Okay, people are going to be amped to talk about Brian Gudikin's comments about Aaron Rodgers. I, the phone's going to be ringing off the hook. Right? Like I'm not going to be able to get on a word edgewise. People are going to be passionate and fired up, and they're going to want to complain about Goody or complain about Rodgers. This is going to be a highly interactive two hours of talk radio. So I planned the show thusly, left a lot of breathing space, didn't really work in any Bucks talk or Badgers talk or Brewers talk. I said tonight from 4 to 6, Packers fans and owners alike are going to call into the show, and we're just going to go nuts. And... We got calls, but it wasn't exactly what I expected. So, being the observant host that I am, taking in the evidence, listening to the calls, or, or the lack of calls, I, I've learned that you guys are, are down to talk about other things. Like, just because there's a news story with the Packers doesn't mean we need to set everything aside to talk about that Packers news story. So, tonight, we're going to talk a little bit more about the Badgers and the Bucks. A little Brewer's Primer, uh, poetry that I want to read you at 5 o'clock. And the Packers will probably come up, but I, I just don't know that people are fired up 100% uh, for Packers football and talking about Packers football right now. Hunter tweeted in, says, you certainly weren't dialed in running that soundboard opening the show. What is this, amateur hour? Did I mess something up? What happened? Did I, what, what, what's wrong? Was something wrong with the intro? Hold on. This group has been through a lot this year. As Sounds I told good. them, I'm really proud of how they've continued to battle, face adversity, and Sounds this good. will help them not only as they go forward in their basketball careers, but who they are as people. This is what's, the, what's the problem? What was the problem? Was the music too loud? Was it again? I, I take criticisms and compliments on Twitter. I've allowed, I've allowed Hunter 
to just straight up take over 30, 45 seconds of the show. What did I do? Well, whatever I did, I hope it's resolved now. Thank you for the tweet, Hunter. At Wisco Grant. I want to start with Wisconsin. I wanted them to win last night. Obviously, I feel the need to put that out there because of what I've said about the NIT. I don't like the NIT. I don't like that we're celebrating the NIT. But I was excited to watch the Badgers last night. I watched the whole game. I was very invested, and I wanted to see them win. I was cheering for Wisconsin. But when the game slipped away in the final three minutes or so, I wasn't really all that mad. I was like, okay, well, bummer. It's the NIT. I'm not really going to lose a lot of sleep over this. I was at a bar, and at one point I did yell, uh, terrible, just terrible, because Tyler Wall was missing free throws and all the older guys in this bar were getting on him, and I, I wanted to be a part of that. It was fun. Terrible. They're free. You know, just be, being, a, being a part of something. That's what sports are really about. I'm not going to watch at home and take notes. It's an NIT game. I'm going to go to a bar and yell at the TV like the man that I am. Be with my people. You got to yell at the TV a little bit when the miss free throws. But I was not that mad last night. Bummer. I would have liked to see them win. Would have liked to see them make the final. Maybe try to hang a banner, even though it would have been a very stupid banner. I was not that bent out of shape. Look, the 2023 Badgers basketball team died like they lived with a nine-minute scoring drought. Like, that's the team we've watched all year. This is nothing new. So I'm not going to sit here and yell about Tyler Wall and complain about free throws, although last night I did yell about him. They're free. They are free, but I'm not going to sit here and complain and yell about Tyler Wall and his free throw shooting today. I'm not going to sit here today and yell about all the things that we yelled about all season long because we've done that already. We've yelled about all of the things. Chucky Hepburn's heaving up bad shots. They they can't make layups. They can't make free throws. They go 10 minutes without scoring. We did all of that for months. I don't need to do more of that today. I'm not going to sit here today and talk about how Greg Gard should be on the hot seat or he should be fired. That's ludicrous. I actually think this NIT run, quote unquote, did a lot of good things for the team. And I've heard that from you guys for the last two weeks. Right? I've bemoaned the NIT over and over and it's annoyed me, but... I do agree with a lot of the Badgers fans that I've talked to. There are plenty of positives that came from these extra couple of games, right? Four extra games for learning and development for a season, right? What does it take not just to play well in November and December, but when February and March roll around and your legs are tired and you've seen these teams more than once and guys get a look at you, how do you continue to be productive? Because Connor Seijin's play really tailed off at the end of the season. Not surprising. He's a freshman. He just got to college. Right? He's just figuring out how college basketball as a sport works. So these were meaningful, useful games for Connor Asijan and Chucky Hepburn, who's only a sophomore. People forget. Stephen Crowell got a really good reminder against Bradley. Is that Bradley in round one? That he's seven feet tall. Sometimes he needs to be reminded of that. He got a nice reminder a couple of games ago. And Klesmit gets a couple of extra games as a transfer to further feel things out and to further kind of plant himself as a leader and as a pillar of this basketball team and of this program. Four extra games for that. It's a chance to get outside of the Big Ten, play some uncommon opponents, right, and see different styles of basketball and, and to be challenged by different things. This is a good, positive experience. You get a few wins, and you take some momentum into the offseason. Now, I don't believe in offseason momentum. But I know I've heard a lot of Badgers fans talk about offseason momentum. So I'll, I'll hear you out. I don't agree. But if you want to say, well, this gives them nice momentum to take into the offseason. Okay. I'm not going to correct you. I'm not with you. But you do you. It's a valid point. I also think this was good postseason trial and error for Greg Gard. What to do and what not to do. Right? Tournament postseason elimination games. Always good to get reps as a coach. I saw a lot of angry tweets about the timeout that he called at the end of the game. I don't know. I think you're damned if you're, do, you're damned if you do, damned if you don't. Right? They didn't exactly look organized before the timeout. Let's be honest; it was pretty chaotic. Now, sometimes they, there's there's an opportunity in chaos, right? Because the defense isn't set, the defense doesn't know what's going on. But Greg Gard said, "No, no, no! I want to work for a shot. I want to draw something up." And I don't blame him for that because a huge criticism of the Badgers and of Greg Gard all year long. Is in crunch time, what happens? Well, Chucky Hepburn just heaves something up. That's probably what would have happened. So Greg Gard jumps in and says, nope, timeout. I want to draw something up. I don't really blame him for that. Of course, it didn't work, so people are going to drag him for it. 
I don't know. I think Greg Gard in that spot was damned if he called a timeout, damned if he didn't call a timeout. His team kind of kind of played themselves out of that game long before that timeout. They went nine minutes without scoring. Like, come on. Here's Greg Gard talking about that final possession and what they were looking for. There was multiple options. We had Connor coming off a little rub screen at the top. Chucky was screening Tyler into the post on the backside, and then Steve was cleaning up Chucky at the top. And I think they took away Connor coming to the baseline, that area, and we were able to get to Chucky, and Chucky saw guys run at him and, and then was able to get to Steve and probably one pass too many. We needed to get the ball up on the rim. Put the ball up. Put the ball up. Someone put it up. Now, I would have liked to see them try to take a three and just win the game. I didn't really have an interest in watching overtime because I love my Badgers. I've learned to accept the NIT. I don't need more of it. Like, Let's take a rip from behind the three-point arc and try to win this and go home. And if it doesn't go in, well, we tried. Right, then we don't have to watch another game of NIT basketball. Just put one up. But I think that's a, a microcosm, a little bit of this Badgers offense. Because how often do you see... One of the Badgers centers, whether it's Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, get a rebound, and they're hesitant for whatever reason to go up. They bring the ball down when they should have never brought it back down. Just keep it up there, put it back up, put it back on the rim, try to draw a foul, something. It's too hesitant, too tentative. Greg Gard was asked, quite literally, and I use that word intentionally to lead us into this next soundbite. Greg Gard on whether or not they got tentative in the second half. Well, when the ball's not going in, it has a tendency to do that. You know, I thought we were aggressive and, and doing some good things. And between some turnovers that got us out of rhythm, and then we had some good looks, too, both in the paint and from the perimeter. But some more of a credit to them, I think they dialed up a little bit more ball pressure in the second half and didn't let us be as free and easy as maybe we were in the first half. Now, don't get me wrong. North Texas is a fine team, I'm sure. I know they played Florida Atlantic close a couple of times this season. I don't think that means a whole lot. I saw Evan Flood arguing with people on Twitter. North Texas has played very good tournament teams close. It's like, okay, well, whatever. All the credit in the world to North Texas. I think the Badgers were hurting themselves in the second half because when you can't make shots, North Texas then is getting the ball not off an inbound play underneath the basket off a of made hoop, but they're often getting a turnover and they're running with the ball or they're rebounding off a missed shot and they're running with the ball. So North Texas is starting all of their offensive possessions with momentum, which makes it easier for North Texas to score, which makes it harder for Wisconsin to then take the ball back down to the other end and score because Wisconsin is going against set defenses. Not a lot of turnovers, not a lot of stops because North Texas did such a good job offensively in the second half compared to Wisconsin, at least. North Texas doesn't play with a lot of pace, but they were scoring more buckets, which made Wisconsin go at better defensive sets. So Wisconsin wasn't scoring, which made North Texas go against not great defensive sets. It's a vicious circle, right? So I call it tentative, call it whatever word you want. Here's Tyler Wall on how the game ended and on the last possession with a turnover, him trying to flip it to Stephen Crowell. I got it dumped off to me. I feel like me and Steve were pretty close to each other. Looking back at it now, I probably just should have put it up, but I dish it off and turn it over. Probably, probably should have put it up. I don't really blame him. He's like, what if I get fouled? I keep missing free throws. I don't, I don't want to be at the free throw line. If I'm Tyler Wall, I don't want to be at the free throw line down two with half a second to go. Lord, no. Suck. I saw a lot of anti-Greg Guard tweets last night. We'll get to that in a couple minutes. Let me read some of these texts here. Vagabond John says, interesting. So an NIT game prompted you to get out of the house and support a local business. Excellent. Okay. So let me clear this up, Vagabond John. It wasn't the game. I was watching at home and I was very dialed in and a friend called me at halftime and said, hey, I'm out with a buddy and this is a buddy of mine too. And this buddy just had a baby and he's like, he never gets out of the house. Kind of guilted me into it a little bit, but happy to be there and had a great time. And yes, Vagabond John, I was supporting our local economy. Here in lacrosse. It's a good point. Uh, Jason on Lower Tainer Lake says, someone needs to remind coach that there's a shot clock in college basketball and you can't run the old four-corner offense to try to hold the ball the entire second half. Billy Donovan will be fired after the season. Maybe he'll want to move a couple hours north and rebuild this crap show. Whoa, whoa, whoa. The Greg Gard slander is just too much. Mike from Chippewa Falls says the opening was just fine. Aaron and Eau Claire says, were there technical difficulties yesterday? Couldn't hear half the show. Well, the Bucks were on, so that that might have been part of it. Because, Aaron, I know you listened to Eau Claire on Sports Talk 105.1. The Bucks would have started. Was that yesterday? Was it two days ago? 
They're on the East Coast. This they're they're playing in Washington this week. No, not in Washington. Indian Detroit. So they're an hour over. No, no technical difficulties. Joe in Oakdale says, "God burying the lead again." Kevin Durant versus Jaden tonight. Come on, the Timberwolves texts are getting outrageous. Just from you, Joe. I did watch the Wolves beat the Kings the other night. It's a fun game. They look really good when Carl and Anthony Towns isn't out there. <laughs> he looked very happy to be on the bench, by the way, Joe. I watched that game. Carl Anthony Towns looked like he was having a ball on the bench, all dressed up in his fancy clothes. Just saying. I want you in sweatpants, and I want you looking locked in and bummed out that you're not on the floor. Aaron in Eau Claire says, I listened on 790. I just heard static. Aaron, I asked this very respectfully. Are you in a place with bad reception? <laughs> I'm not, wait a minute. This is not a, this is not a consulting line for whether or not your radio's working or not. That's not, that's not what this is. Let's take a three minute break. You can tweet the show at Wisco Grant. You can text and call 608-796-2558. I want to talk about the Greg Gard angle of this loss. Greg Gard's status with the Badgers is going to be uh, highly discussed with Badgers fans this offseason. So I want to talk about that coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. We're talking NIT. Badgers lost last night to North Texas, which was a bummer. But my message is one of positivity for the most part or in the NIT which sucks don't get me wrong but a lot of Badgers fans made a lot of good points the last two weeks well it's good to have these extra games for the experience and for the chemistry and and for the maturity of like Connor Seijan and Hepburn and some of these young players absolutely that's all true and I don't think any of that goes away because they lost last night sucks they lost it's a bummer but it doesn't really mean anything I don't think it means anything for Greg Gard either. I want to talk about the Greg Gard angle of this and how his future at Wisconsin, in my opinion, is not affected at all. I think a lot of Badgers fans are like, he should he should be fired now, but they'll give him one more year. Man, I don't I don't think your reality is matching up with what Chris McIntosh and, and the Badgers athletic department is thinking. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to call or text the show. DW in New Glarus has given us a call. What's up? Hey Grant, you uh, a lot of these uh, callers or texters really hit my uh, my nerve. Oh, I mean, you stand in behind. Oh, DW, we lost you, and I you know, fire, fire Greg Gard, get Billy Donovan, yada yada yada. Well, yeah. you know what, guys, I'm sorry, but Greg Gard has only won seventy percent of his games as a co- head coach at Wisconsin. Mm-hmm. How many coach how many coaches can say that in the, the F um in the nation? Mm-hmm. I mean look at look at uh, Kentucky and Calipari this year. Yeah. I mean they got bounced bounced in the first or second round. He didn't win seventy percent of his games this year. I mean, these people are just these. you gotta be kidding me. I, I mean I watched that game last night, Grant, and it was a tale of two halves. The first half they couldn't miss. Mm-hmm. The second half they couldn't. They couldn't. It looked like a bricklayer convention out there. Yeah. I mean, if it would Gard would be smart to go on the transfer portal this year and get a couple shooters and maybe another big guy. I know you got a big guy coming in from North Carolina. He grew up in Appleton. He's supposed to be, you know, a four-star recruit. But you know, how, how many freshmen can you rely on? It might take him some. He might play. But he's gonna he's it's gonna take him some time to get accustomed to the big you know, the big ten and how, how rough it can be. Well yeah, and Asijan um, gave us a good example this year, DW. Like Asijan had some great moments, especially early. Yeah. But I, I think as yeah. the season got a little long in March, I think you could see that he got a little fatigued and he's not used to playing this many games and his shot and his legs started to go a little bit. So even if a freshman can right. come out and fit in and and play pretty well, there's still this massive adjustment yeah. from high school to college, and, and you just got to factor that in. And that's why expecting yeah. a lot from freshmen, relying on freshmen, it's not normally a, a winning formula. I, I know. And then, you know, hopefully uh, 
you know, the last couple of games uh, got uh, Stephen Crowell going because, you know, he had 36 against the team that didn't have a big guy. It's well, can you do that? that <laughs> you know, when you when you got to go up against a seven-footer, mm-hmm. if you notice, the, the all four NCAA finalists have tall players that are decent. So, I mean, I think Wisconsin's got to get a little bit bigger and maybe hire a shooting coach. I mean, that can relate to these kids because, I mean, you're, you're always going to go through peaks and valleys through the season, but for con- number one, consistency, and number two, to play as a team. And I think Wisconsin does that both, except for the, their defense is, I mean, they, they gave up some easy baskets last night, but you know what, in the, in the most part, they play together as a team, and you know teams win games, not not individual players. It's nice to have a you know a Jordan Davis or uh, you know uh, you know uh, Harris was back there or Michael Finley, mm-hmm. but one individual one individual can take over a game, but he can't take over a whole season for you. Well, and, and this is and why maybe DW we got to talk about Tyler Wall because he has an option to come back. I I don't know. On one hand, I feel like I've seen enough Tyler Wall, right? Like, all right, I get it. He's a little undersized and yeah. he can't hit free throws. But on the other hand, we just watched a team all season DW that was really shallow and they didn't have enough bodies and they didn't have enough bigs. So no. do I just want to rush Tyler Wall out the door when we just watched a shallow team struggle to have enough bodies? Now, now I want to get rid of a guy. No. That seems wrong too. If Tyler if Tyler Wall wants to come back and have his fifth or sixth year because of COVID, have him come back. But if he's not one of the top five players, I w- you know maybe he don't you don't start him next year. I mean he's a good he's a great role player. He's not a um, in, in in spurts and minutes. I mean after he, I still think his ankle isn't right. I mean if you noticed after he injured his ankle, he he didn't have the same lift. Even even in the NIT games, so I think there's something going on there, but I'm not going to speculate. Um, uh, but you know what? You know Tyler Wall. He might not be the most athletic kid, but he gives you 100 percent every time he steps out on the court. This is true. So um, I I think you know if he wants to come back and they got room for him, sure, why not? Why not? Well, you need I the mean, bodies, because, especially the bigs. And I DW, yeah, you know, I got to let you go because I want to make sure that people have a chance to get in here. Have a good night, man. Sounds great, Grant. Have a good night, you too. Yeah, thank you. That's the mayor, our friend DW. Especially in college basketball. And I watch a lot more NBA. I don't think about foul trouble. Because if you're used to watching the Bucks or NBA games, there's six fouls. And there's four core. And it's just much more spread out. And in college basketball, you get two quick fouls. That changes the landscape of the whole game. Right? So you need extra bigs. You need extra bodies. Because if Stephen Crowell gets two fouls in three minutes... Your your pants around your ankles if you don't have another big, right? The options can't be Carter Gilmore and and Chucky Hepburn trying to play tough defense in the paint. Like that's just not good enough. So I, I feel like on one hand I I've seen enough Tyler Wall to last me a lifetime. On the other hand, I just watched a really shallow team without enough bigs. Now I want to get rid of a big who could potentially help this team next year. I don't know. Lou from Windsor. I have no issue with guard. I was just fine with the last time out. This year's team was just too young to win consistently. There's nothing wrong with guard. I don't know. We love to rip college basketball coaches. Like, oh, Matt Painter can't win in March. Okay. Nate Oates, he's never been past this benchmark. Look, at the last couple of years, he's bowed out short. Okay, so okay, so Nate Oates can't coach in March. Shaka Smart, Shaka Smart can't win games in March. Okay, well, who can? Give, give me the list of coaches who are really good in March. I don't know that there is one. Izzo? Okay. But isn't the rap on Izzo that he hasn't been back to a Final Four? Okay, so he wins in the first weekend. Great. March is really hard to win. It's really hard to win in the tournament. Like, Nate Oates can't do it every time. Matt Painter can't do it every time. We've seen with Coach Calipari, he can't do it every time. Shaka Smart. Like, we love to talk about how coaches can't win in March. Are there any coaches that, like, really do really can't no because it's hard i don't know i got no problem with greg guard and i understand i tweeted out the greg guard gauge that was kind of cable news of me people wanted it twitter was a buzz i wanted the interaction i wanted the engagement i had to tweet it it was kind of fox news cnn of me that's fine I'll, i'll own up to that i'll admit it cone rollers here big badger fan big badger booster hello cone welcome to the show 
Sup, Grant. Uh, first off, I cannot believe how mad I was after that NIT game. Really? I didn't think I was going to get into it, but <clears throat> afterwards I was ticked off, and Megabon John and I kind of talked in one of our Twitter spaces and grieved together. But, man, that was that was just some ugly basketball and ugly, ugly second half. And it's fitting that that's how the season ends. It's a game that looks like every other Badger game this year, but worse. So we've watched very fitting. other Badger teams. It is very fitting. We've watched other Badger teams with not great offenses, but never like this, where they'll go minutes without scoring. What do you think it was specifically about this team? I mean, I. It just it seems like the players are just softer than ever, honestly. Like <laughs> yeah. Tyler Wall, Stephen Crowell, you guys each get the ball under the hoop with three seconds to go, and nobody thinks to put a shot up. They're just uh, passing it back and forth, looking like pansies down there. You guys are big players. Go into them with your shoulder. It cannot be that hard. I thought when Chucky initially made that pass right to the post to Crowell, he should have just gone up with it. Get a shot at the rim. Yeah. I mean, that that last play, I, I said it after the game, and I'm standing by it. That was a worse loss than the buzzer beater against Florida. Oh, um, I mean, it was frustrating. Cause they, I, I, couldn't, I couldn't believe it. Cone, I think it was Zach Heilprin tweeted after the game. He's like, and the Badgers go the final 950 without scoring. I watched the game, and I still saw that after this whole season of seeing that basically every game and thought, there's no way. How is that po- How is that possible? Even a team that's not great offensively has to be better than that. And I think maybe the hesitancy of Wall and Crowell, maybe that's a big part of it, like you said. like They get the ball and they need to stop to think. And they're like, I'm a left, right, fake. It's just, there's there's no fluidity. There's no aggression. Like There's, there's nobody on this team who gets the rock and instantly has a, a good instinct to go right to the rack or to get to their shot. It's always pausing and waiting and Greg Gard was asked about the word tentative after the game. Maybe, maybe that's a good word to use, too. Yeah, I think so. And I, I agree with you, what you're saying about the fire guard crowd. They're, they're out in full force. But the, it, it's so annoying that people just look at March Madness resumes when deciding whether they want to fire or keep their coach. Because like you said, who does win in March? There's nobody that consistently is really there in the Elite Eight every year. I mean, Gonzaga maybe the last couple years, but that's a rare, rare program. So I'm sick of the fire guard crowd. It's not even worth fighting with those imbeciles. Um, and, you know, I kind of blame you a little bit for, for putting out the Greg Guard meter after each and every game. I feel a little I feel a little dirty. I feel like Succession is back this week. I feel a little bit like Logan Roy in that, like, I see the masses on Twitter who are out for blood and they want Greg Gard gone. And I'm like, well, I think Greg Gard's a great coach, but I mean, the, the viewers, the, the followers are saying what they want. I got to give them the Greg Gard. Guy. I, I am a little dirty. That is I, it was a little, a little swifty of me. Maybe I shouldn't have done that. Yeah. And yeah. you know, I, I give credit to other, you know, media members, no, but Mike Badgers needs to stop. Mike Badgers needs to go away forever. Their Greg Gard crap is just so annoying. It's four years ago, they're calling for Bruce Pearl to be hired. Yeah. I mean, what the hell has Bruce Pearl done in the last four years? They're casuals. They went to what, Final Four? They, they built a nice social media following, built slash bought. I'm not, I, I don't know, I'm not, I'm not accusing them of anything. I just, they're casuals. They're casual takes. You know, and I have plenty of casual takes, but I don't pretend to be an expert here. I, I'm an entertainer, and I tweet pictures of a dumb gauge. With a nice label. That's what I do. I don't pretend to do that. Ike is mid and their takes are casual. Yes, Cone. Yeah. It's like if, if you, if every one of your tweets was a Greg Ard gauge type <laughs> of tweet, that's what Ike gives you. That's true. Just reaction. All that they hope for. Just reaction. Uh, Just button pushing. I'm just trying to fire people up. That's all. Well, Cone, I appreciate you being honest and sharing your frustration about this loss with us. I hope your, uh, your alma mater fares better in March next year for your sake and for mine, because I don't want to argue about these same things next year. No, absolutely not. And, you know, I was feeling pretty good this morning, but after calling in, I'm just as fired up. I'm, I'm mad. Scale uh, zero to 10. 
I am 2014 NFC Championship mad right now. Well, I'm, bad your team. I'm glad you're passionate. Uh, I can't share share that aggressiveness and that passion right now, but I'm I'm bummed. I'm gonna let you go. I got to take a break, and I think we're gonna talk about some bucks because I can't top this Badgers discussion right here. Yeah, go Bucks. Let's let's shift our focus there. Thanks, Grant. Have a good show. You as well. Well, now now I feel like an idiot. You don't have a show. Have a good night. God, that's embarrassing. Five minutes. We'll come back. I want to talk about the Bucks for a few. Keep the text coming. 608-796-2558. I'm on Twitter at Wisco Grant. Show's back in five minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. Hope you've had the best day. Bucks Pacers tonight. Eric Name just put out the injury report, which is important. Tonight's injury report, very important for reasons we'll discuss here in a couple minutes. Jay Crowder out. Myers Leonard out. Chris Middleton out. Giannis is probable. Goran Dragic is probable. So Middleton doesn't play in back-to-back, so if he rests the first night of the back-to-back, that means I'm gesturing to you, fill in the blank. He should be good to go against the Celtics tomorrow night. I want to talk about the Celtics as they relate to the Milwaukee Bucks in just a couple minutes. We can put the finishing touches on our Badgers conversation, 608-796-2558. Dave from Middleton is here. Hello, Dave. How are you today? Very good. Good. I jumped with a gun, I guess. I heard it up about uh, the Badgers and uh, very disappointed in their season, obviously. But uh, let's talk about the Bucks. Well, I, I wasn't Dave, aware. That's, that's my bad. I assumed, you know, you're calling me from Madison. We've been talking about the Badgers. I assumed you wanted to talk about the Badgers. That's my bad. I shouldn't have assumed. Let's do the Bucks. Yeah. <laughs> let's talk about something good. Yeah. <laughs> games that matter. Yeah. Just regular season games, but, you know, not the NIT. I have a feeling, and it's not based on anything but maybe some observations of the Bucks and the association for many years, I think they're going all the way this year. Yeah. I think that they... Yeah, I love this. Sorry. Keep going. Keep I think going. That, uh, I think the Boston Celtics had their chance last year. They didn't do it. And they're kind of a whiny team. They... Uh, complain about the refereeing and uh, all in all uh, Middleton is apparently going to be healthy they've bolstered their uh, bench to a great extent as far as what the Bucks have and I'm looking forward to this offseason I really am look into this postseason as well by the way uh, Dave the ringer just over this last break, put out uh, their list, uh, their NBA odds machine, and the top five title favorites, according to this. Celtics are number one at 20%, sizably better than everyone else. The Cavs are second, Cleveland, 14%. Philly is third, 13%. The Grizzlies are 11%. The Nuggets are 10%. The Bucks aren't even top five. Haters, Dave. That's, that's how I read that. Haters. They're haters, and they're also deaf, dumb, and blind. I mean, they call themselves zombies. Yes. I would tend to agree with that. I would tend to agree. And, and Dave, I, I think one big reason why I, I really like the Bucks' chances right now and I feel good is the seeding, and I want to talk about the seeding and how this week has worked out really well for them. I'm going to let you go. Dave, I appreciate you jumping in, and not that I don't like to talk about the Badgers, but thanks for joining me to talk Bucks. Yeah, take care. You as well. Dave from Middleton. It's Dave from Monona's uh, polite radio cousin. Just a couple neighborhoods over. I actually don't know where Monona and Middleton are relative to each other. Might be right next to each other. I don't know. The Bucks right now occupy the Eastern Conference's one seed, and they have a two-and-a-half game lead over the Celtics. Now, let me explain why this is massive. Let me explain why this is very important. You might be thinking, well, the one seed, you get home court advantage. Yeah, that's all fine and good. I think there are advantages to starting a series on the road, personally. I think there's pros and cons to being the home versus the away team, especially because it's not 2-3-2. When it was 2-3-2, a little different, but now it's 2-2-1-1-1. 
There's advantages to both sides of that schedule. The one seed in the East this year is crucial because the one seed will only have to play one of the Celtics or the Sixers because the 2-3 matchup will happen in the second round and Boston and Philly, or Philly, I should say, will need to beat the other and beat the Bucks to make the finals. The Bucks is the one seed can sit back and wait to face either the Celtics or the Sixers until the conference finals. They'll have to play one of those two teams, not both. And this season especially, that is a massive, massive advantage because Philly is awesome and Boston is awesome. And after that, there's a drop-off. Cleveland is nice, but they're not Philly. The Knicks are a good story, but they're not Boston, right? Getting to skip out on one of those two opponents is such a huge advantage. And that's why the one seed is so important. That's why the Bucs, I think, really want it this year, where maybe last year or the year before, seeding was kind of secondary. Now, as of Monday, the Bucs had a game-and-a-half lead over Boston for the one seed, which was an essential tie because the Bucs and the Celtics play each other tomorrow, and whoever wins that game will be worth a full game and the tiebreaker. So one-and-a-half game lead, that's nothing, right? This week was massive, massive in the race for the one seed. Boston comes to Milwaukee on Thursday. The Bucks played in Detroit last night, or I guess Monday night, and they play in Indiana tonight, and then Boston tomorrow, the second day of a back-to-back. Middleton and Joe Ingles don't play back-to-backs, and Drew Holiday was away from the team earlier this week for personal reasons. So it's like, man, how, how are we going to do this? How are we going to beat the Pistons and the Pacers, both teams that the Bucks should absolutely beat, while also getting whoever needs rest, rest, Whoever's injured, get them get them some time off and have everybody be ready to play against Boston on Thursday for the game that really matters. But if you don't beat Indian, you don't beat Detroit, then you're even a worse spot. So Bud had his work cut out for him this week. You got to beat those lesser two teams, but you also got to beat Boston, and it's tough to do both. Right? So you got to walk this tightrope. Well, Boston had a great opportunity to catch the Bucks this week because Boston played in Washington last night. Washington's terrible. If they just beat the Wizards... Then they get a day's rest while the Bucks got to travel to Indiana with Drew Holiday missing time, with Chris and Joe Ingles missing time off a of back-to-back. Giannis has got a bum wrist. All these things working in Boston's favor. The schedule, the status of some of Milwaukee's best players. It was all lining up for Boston. And they pooped their pants last night, and they got blown out by the Wizards. Boston wasn't hitting shots. So they gave up. Their defensive intensity goes away. They get whiny, as Dave mentioned. That's a great point. The Celtics are a very whiny team. In fact, most teams in the NBA are, but even in a league of very whiny teams, Boston does find a way to rise above all of the other teams. Boston had this incredible shot this week to make up a game and to beat the Bucs head-to-head. Because the Bucs had a game Monday, a game Wednesday, a game Thursday, The Thursday game is the Celtics, so they got a second night of a back-to-back, just like they had the Denver Nuggets on the second night of a back-to-back just a couple days ago. All the Celtics had to do was handle their business against the Wizards, sit back tonight, rest, get healthy, get ready to go to Milwaukee to play tomorrow against a Bucs team that's a little bit worn down, reeling from a loss in Denver, players missing time, a little disjointed this week. They just had to do that, and they they couldn't beat the Wizards. I cannot highlight, I cannot emphasize enough how huge of a game that was last night. The Celtics losing that game in Washington was massive because it makes the Bucks' lives so much easier this week. Now, it looks like they're going to play everyone tonight except for, is it Jay Crowder? I know Chris Middleton's not going to play. I don't think Jay Crowder's going to play either. I'm going to pull up Eric Names tweet just so I have the most recent one. Because Bud is, is very much operating like a baseball manager this week. He's like, well, I want to win tonight's game. I don't want to go all out to get these wins against Detroit and Indiana because these are reeling teams that are trying to lose. But I can't try too hard. I got to keep something fresh in the bullpen for Thursday. So he's trying to juggle who to rest and who to play and how all in to go in in either of these games against the Pacers or against the Pistons. And then Boston does the Bucs a huge favor last night, and they just go to Washington and straight up lose. I mean, they straight up lost. I was looking at the stats. I was like, well, did Washington shoot the lights out? No, not really. They shot 35% from three. The Celtics did this thing where they didn't hit shots early and they just kind of got in their own head. And that was that. I read a lot of tweets from Boston bloggers, beat writers, Keith Smith. His, his Twitter timeline is always a privilege when the Celtics lose. Cause he's like, 
He's going to war. You know how Badgers basketball Twitter was a war last night about Greg Gard stay or go? That's Keith Smith's timeline every time the Celtics lose. Man, I can't believe the Celtics lost that game last night. Cannot emphasize enough how huge that was. Yep, Crowder and Leonard are out tonight. I really hope Jay Crowder's ready to go tomorrow. Giannis is in. Chris Middleton's out. Joe Ingles is in. So maybe that means Ingles is out tomorrow, which is probably okay because with Middleton there, they have the offense. They have the playmaking. Joe Ingles is defensively not quite as useful against the Celtics compared to Crowder. So Ingles is probably in tonight. Try to beat the the Pacers. And then he'll rest tomorrow. I would then hope that Crowder comes in and takes some of the minutes that Joe Ingles would play. And Crowder's more effective in a Boston matchup. I like how this week is falling, and it all hinges on Boston giving the Bucks a big gasp of breathing room by losing in Washington last night. Let's talk to Nick and Madison real quick before we take our last break of the hour. 608-796-2558. What's up, Nick? Hey, Grant. How are you? I am swell. I'm so excited talking about this game that the Celtics gave away because it made a huge difference for the Bucks. Oh, definitely. I've been watching the, 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 the magic number uh, shave down, shave down every day this week. Yep. Um, we're down to five, and uh, the Bucks just need five magic numbers, and tomorrow could be two of them if they win over the Celtics. But here's the thing to look ahead to. Who do they play on Saturday? Uh, the Sixers. Sixers, I believe, right? Yeah. Right. But they are reeling, too. They've lost three in a row. Yeah, well, Harden's so, so they're not in, in a good way right now either. Nope. So my thoughts on this is I think you go all in to win tonight and you rest actually tomorrow. rest, rest tomorrow. And you know what? You're going to, you're going to go up against in, win or loss. It, yeah. A, a win would be great. You know, if you win tonight and you win tomorrow, that's three out of your five. And then, you know, all you need is two. But even if you don't win tomorrow night, if you win tonight and you win against the Sixers, you still got, you know, what, five games left? Yeah. And all you need is three wins. So I think, you know, I think the big thing here is rest. Um, it's going to be, you know, what is it, uh, game management or uh, um, load, load management, management, that's the word. <laughs> and I think, you know, as much as I hate it, you know, I, I, if you're not injured, you should be playing. I think in terms of what, you know, this is what everybody else is doing. If you're looking at the, if you're playing the long game here, you've got to have the most rested team going into the playoffs because apparently – uh, Vegas thinks that the Cavaliers are going to yeah. beat the, the Bucks in the second round when you know they match up. I'm like, how? What, are we watching the same NBA this season? Yeah. The, the Cavaliers are the second best in the in the NBA. Part of Where are they is, coming up with this? Part of that is schedule related, I guess. But we're getting down to the point in the schedule now, and you know how the NBA works, Nick. Like the last two weeks get weird because half of the teams are trying to lose. Right, So the competitive balance of things is thrown off a little bit, so the schedule can be kind of misleading, and these games can be you know, not totally indicative of how the league is actually working and how some of these contenders are playing. There's totally a world in which tomorrow night, Boston and Milwaukee just completely sit everyone out. Because Boston's leading up to two games in a row. They host Utah on Friday, and that's a game they know they can win. Then they have Philly next week, so Boston's got some games they got to worry about. I hope it doesn't come down to nobody playing in Milwaukee, Boston tomorrow night, but it could happen. Yeah, I don't think it will. We, it got, we got 30 could. seconds, Nick. 30 seconds. I, the, you know, the, uh, Boston has gone 10-7 and seven when they're a double-digit favorite, so I wouldn't count any of their games um, as a positive win. I, I think the Bucks got a, a lot going for them. Magic number's five. Let's get it done. Then we can rest everybody and uh, go in the playoffs pretty good. Yeah, I'm down to rest once we get this one seed tied up because the one seed this year is a huge deal. Thank you, Nick. Appreciate the call. Good to hear from you. Talk to Nick in Madison. I'm sure he's got an Ironman or a triathlon or something he's got to get to, so I let him go. I got to take a break before the end of the hour. We'll come back. And at 5 o'clock, I have a poem. I wrote a poem about the Brewers. It's Twas the Night Before Opening Day. It's Christmas-themed. It's a parody. I think it's pretty good. It's not great. It's fine. I'm not a poet. I'm a radio host. We're back in three minutes. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. Wisco Sports Show. Got about 40 seconds here before we got to take a break. We'll get an update from Zach Heilprin. Been at spring ball all week. I wanted to talk to Zach tonight. He is busy. A lot of irons in the fire right now with spring ball and 
Badgers hoops wrapping up for the season. So we might talk to him tomorrow, maybe Friday. I want to get Zach this week. So I want to wrap up basketball season and get his thoughts on what he's seen with the football team as well. When we come back, I have a Brewers poem. I wrote it earlier today. I feel like we should celebrate it being the night before opening day and all. We'll talk Brewers baseball coming up next. It's the Wisco Sports Show. When I wanted you to share my life, I had no doubt in my mind. And it's been you. This group has been through a lot this year. As I told them, I'm really proud of how they've continued to battle, face adversity, and this will help them not only as they go forward in their basketball careers, but who they are as people. This is where Wisconsin gathers to talk sports. Packers, Brewers, Badgers, Bucks. The Wisco Sports Show is on the air. Now, here's your host, Grant Bills. So Ben Kenny just tweeted something, and I saw it earlier, and I didn't really know what to do with it, but I feel like I should mention it because it's funny. There's a Washington, or not Washington, Wall Street Journal. I almost said Washington Post Journal, but I'm like, that's not the way those letters line up. WSJ, Wall Street Journal piece about Northwestern. They're trying to build this $800 million stadium, right? And there's people in the neighborhoods who aren't big on it, right? Property value, lights, noise. This is a tale as old as time. I want to read from you a quote from Mr. Starkman who uh, lives nearby. Mr. Starkman, who is 56, said complaints about fans urinating on lawns and bushes after games are exaggerated and happen only when Northwestern hosts Ohio State. Wisconsin fans party pretty hard, but are nice and respectful, he said. Michigan State fans are brilliant. Lots of doctors and judges. Michigan supporters are ruffians, but generally well-behaved. Iowa's are the friendliest in the Big Ten, and Nebraska's fans are most likely to arrive in pickups. Quote, Ohio State fans are the only problem, Mr. Starkman said. They have a monster following, and they think the world is their bathroom. Asked about that, Ohio State declined to comment. (laughs) That's awesome. It doesn't really mean anything, but it's really funny. I love uh, a, a drama between... People living in a neighborhood and the stadium nearby trying to put up something new, trying to build, trying to get new lights. It is a a tale as old as time. Ends up in the city council. It happened in, in Madison at Edgewood. They're still arguing about those lights. It went to the Supreme Court. Wildly entertaining, those sagas. They always are. This is the Wisco Sports Show. My name is Grant Bills. I hope you're having an awesome night. Uh, Bucks Radio Network going to kick us off here on some affiliates in about a half hour. Bucks play the Pacers later tonight and this week got a lot better for the Bucks when the Celtics lost in Washington last night because the game between or I should say the distance between the Bucks and the Celtics the Bucks were the one seed the Celtics were the two the distance between them was a game and a half and with the head-to-head matchup tomorrow a game and a half is nothing tiebreaker was on the line as well well Boston played last night Milwaukee plays tonight and tomorrow so Boston was going to have more rest better feeling they're going to be well Milwaukee coming off the second half of the back-to-back. And Boston didn't take care of business against the lowly Wizards. So now it's two and a half. The Bucs can win tonight, even without Chris Middleton, and be decently rested for tomorrow. And if tomorrow doesn't go their way, okay, then we're back to right where we started on Sunday, which isn't the end of the world because there's only four or five games left. Last night was a crushing loss for the Celtics. Very good for the Bucs. Made me very happy. So we might talk more about that before the end of the show. Bucks pacers tonight and the way that Coach Bud is kind of managing some minutes. Managing the injuries and managing some rest. 608-796-2558 if you'd like to text or call the show one more time. 608-796-2558. And I'm on Twitter, at Wisco Grant. Something I tweeted back at about 345. I tweeted, I wrote a poem to commemorate the start of the Brewers season. I will read it on the show tonight at 5 o'clock. Now it's 5.05, so I should probably do this. I was thinking... It's the night before opening day, right? So why not have a poem the night before opening day? And I modeled it after Twas the Night Before Christmas. So it's Twas the Night Before Opening Day. And I even prepared, I think, some appropriate music for this situation. So here we go. Here we go. Twas the night before opening day and all through the park. Not a person was stirring. 
Not even the owner, Mark. The helmets were hung in the dugout with care, in hopes that Keston Hira will one day again be there. The players were nestled all snug in their beds, while visions of launch angles danced in their heads. With counsel in his crew neck and Pat Murphy in his hat, I asked maybe the next Hank won't be a dog, but instead a cat. When out in the hitting cage, there arose such a clatter, not one, but two hitting coaches sprang from the dugout to see who was the batter. Through the concourse, Rick Schlesinger flew with a flash, armed with only his debit card for concession stands, no longer take cash. The parking lots fill and tailgating smoke rises high. There's Brian Anderson. We won't see him again until July. The light from the scoreboard shined bright on the grass, reflecting off the X-Golf windows, big shiny plates of glass. When what to my wandering eyes should appear, but an NL wildcard pennant. 2020 was the year. Now here come all the players, so lively and quick. Who will counsel start at third? Who knows? Take your pick. Faster than Carlos Gomez, the players they came, counsel whistled, shouted, hey, and called them by name. On Freddie, on Woody, on Yelich and Burns. 750000 less than he's worth. That's what Corbin earns. I actually I was going to finish this last line. I hadn't finished it yet, so I'll just... I think the original is, to the top of the field, to the top of the wall. Now dash away. Dash away. Dash away all. I forgot I would needed to think of a line. Trying to do something with J-Line and Kugel's barrel yard. It's too damn wordy. What did I say? I said when they announced the name of the restaurant. I said this is too wordy. And I was right because I tried to. I literally wrote down to J-Line and Kugel's barrel yard to the top of the wall. Now dash away, dash away, dash away. That's too If I can't work the name of a restaurant into a poem, you can't name the restaurant that. I'm sorry. It's just, it's, it's too wordy. To J-Line, I was going to try like, to J-Line and Kugel's Barrel Yard, to the Tundra Territory. There's too many syllables. X-Golf, but I already made an X-Golf joke. I can't make two X-Golf jokes in the same poem. It's not funny. It loses its effect after the first joke. Vagabond John is here. 608-796-2558. What did you think of my poem? Was that any good? That was a treasure. You know, that's oh. what keeps us coming back day after day after day. Listen, don't we live in a state with just awesome sports i mean we got brewers tomorrow i've got my bucks t-shirt on tonight had to do a pinball tournament man nothing could be better huh i just love that the brewers could have a not great season right vagabond john like there's a world in which this season looks a lot like the second half of last year where they can't really score enough runs but when they score runs their bullpen can't keep the other offense down and it's frustrating and we're mad and we're bitching about the hater trade. But even if that's how the season goes, I tell you, Vagamon John, I'm going to enjoy every second of it. I'm going to lap it up out of my bowl like I'm a golden retriever because I love this team. I don't care what they do or what they win. I'm a Brewers fan. I'm here for it no matter what. And bad teams are good for your show. It seems like uh, whenever one of our teams kind of crumbles, that's when we get the most action. So, you know, great for engagement when, uh, when a team is struggling. I only want one of my teams to crumble at once. Right now we have the Packers. The Packers can do their thing. I would just prefer the Brewers to, like, give us some good baseball. Like, I don't want them to crumble. I want to be able to talk about some wins and losses. Oh, why the hell did Council pull the guy in the fourth inning? That's what I want, at least for a while. If they want to crumble in the second half of the year, that's that's their prerogative. But I'd like some fun baseball first. Baseball carries us through the summertime. And, uh, yeah, I'm excited. I hope I can watch it. I don't know if the Valley Sports. Uh, deal, bankruptcy, whatever. I don't know if any of that's going to change anything for this season, but last season kind of frustrated that with my YouTube TV, can't watch baseball. Really kind of kills the sport, you know? You know, the biggest part of you not getting Valley Sports Wisconsin is you can't watch the rally, which is all the biggest stories in sports talked about by the, the people that worked. I don't know who's on that show. I just see commercials all the time. Also, I watch a lot of YouTube, and that dang Bally Sports commercial, it's nothing against Lisa Byington, but I've heard body bucket and one so many times that I can't I can't hear it anymore. Now I'm just complaining. You're talking regular YouTube? Yeah, yeah, yeah. Just, you know, you get an ad before a YouTube video, and it's like, download the Bally Sports app. You don't tell me you subscribe. Grand. Don't tell me. Grand. You pay for it? You're you're one of the plebeians. Come on, you're man. lining big text pockets 
So you can skip a well, five second commercial? Well, it's either that or I have to... It's either that or I have to support Joe Rogan and Spotify. Hey, we all make our choices. I choose to pair my music subscription service with my video subscription oh, service. Wait, so, and it works out pretty dang well. So you use YouTube to listen to music. You don't pay for Spotify or Apple Music or anything? Correct. Oh, okay. I pay $15 oh, okay. a month. That gets me unlimited access to YouTube music and YouTube premium. So, yes, I pay $5 a okay. month extra. Okay. But, you know, when I'm going to pay 10 out of the way, it's not that bad. No, no, no. I, I, I take back what I said. I don't think that's a ridiculous investment. <laughs> I just, I'll sit through six seconds of a YouTube ad. It's it's fine. I don't need to pay for that. <laughs> when Especially when most of the ads that I skip through are YouTube telling me to buy it so I, I don't have to watch these ads. It's like the only ads I'm seeing is YouTube telling me to not have to deal with the ads. It's whatever. But I get it now. That's a good strategy, I feel like, Vagabond John. Yeah, I, I like YouTube music a lot. Uh, seems to have a good, better mix. And, uh, you know, that's how I listen to uh, my band's songs. So, all right, all right. Um, <clears throat> The Badgers. Yes. Wanted to circle back real quick. Um, there was a nugget in the post-game press conference that I don't think many people picked up on, but actually uh, saved some of my respect for uh, for our coach. Okay. When he's going through and, and walking us through visually, uh, you know, making us visualize the play that he designed, Tyler Wall was not mentioned at all because during the game and during the post game, you know, we did the little stream yard last night. Cone Roller was on it. We did our little therapy session afterwards. He was mad. We were all Cone is, Cone screaming. <clears throat> well, I'm not. I'm not the happiest cat either. But you know, I was screaming about. Tyler Wall misses two free throws, and then your end of game play is to go right back to him. Yeah, I didn't get if it. the other team has any intelligence, they follow him because the odds of him making both are pretty dang low. See, I was so, not that mad and invested into this, and still, I was at the bar like, "Why are we going back to him?" The ball did. I think I tweeted it. The ball didn't need to go back to Tyler Wall at all in the second half, but it did a lot. Um, I mean, we're talking about magic numbers. With the Bucks, and it's just insane that you're sitting there with 13 and a half minutes left, and your magic number to win that game is six. Yeah. 13 minutes, and everyone said, well, if you're surprised by this, you haven't been paying attention. Listen, I've been paying a lot of attention, and the surprising part is just how it somehow just continues to get worse. You know, we did not have a 13-minute stretch where we scored six points this season. That was the worst. We, we ended on the worst note of the entire year. That's not necessarily what I expected. Am I shocked? No. But, I mean, uh, that was that was quite the experience. But in terms of what does it mean for the offseason, we got to, I mean, there's no room for transfers. So my excited part was hearing Greg Gard leave Tyler Wall out of that final play, not mention him really at all um, in the postgame. And I'm kind of excited to see, you know, Who's wearing the uniform next year? Ah, okay. Can I ask you a, a tournament-related question and a coaching-related question? Maybe this will help me better, yeah. you know, organize my thoughts on the future of Greg Gard. So it seems to me that most of the times that the Badgers have gone to the tournament and lost under Greg Gard, it's been some meltdown where you're like, they shouldn't have lost that game. So I think of Notre Dame, right? You had a lead, you had the ball, Nigel Hayes coughed it up, they lost. They shouldn't have lost that game. They shouldn't have lost to Florida. Right? Can you step up and defend the guy? Like, don't just give him a free run down the floor. So there's all these games over the years where I'm like, they really let that get away. They really blew that. They, they really shouldn't have lost that game. There's not very many instances of the Badgers losing a postseason game, and I'll say postseason to include last night's game in result, where I think they played a better team and the better team won. Tip your cat. Move on to next year. It, it seems like the Badgers always, they always maybe bow out before they should. They have a game in hand and then they let it get away, and I don't know if that's a good or a bad thing. Is there anything to that? No, I think there is something to that. I just think we have a little bit of an ego problem because we have recent memories of success, right? I mean, we're in the midst, uh, to Cone's point, where, you know, who does win in March? No, no, that's an interesting attitude because now we're in the longest Sweet 16 drought since the 90s. <clears throat> so for our own program, we don't need to look at any other program. For our program, we are at rock bottom when it comes to March success. Regular season success, sure, that has happened. The Big Ten is incredibly weak. The fact that we finished 10th and arguably the worst Big Ten year ever, I think, is is bad, 
right? Mm-hmm. Uh, winning the conference, I think the Big Ten is in a really tough spot and has been for some time now. So winning the regular season, it's like as a as a program where you have ESPN commentators mistakenly identifying as a blue blood and on the national level gaining a lot of respect through the 2010s to now say, well, if we finish in the top 10 or top four of a bad Big Ten, you know, that's a successful season. But uh, we have an ego problem. We have a recent memory of being an elite national stage program over the course of four to five years. We had a great run. We are not that program. We were not favored to beat North Texas. That's what I uh, called in the morning show. This guy named Bobby called in, and he was going wild. He was like, oh, a program like Wisconsin should never, never be at risk to losing to a program like North Texas. And I, I'm just curious for the Badger fans, like, what do you mean by a program like Wisconsin? Vegas knew North Texas had a good chance. The Badgers were underdogs. But we view ourselves in a light as if we are some sort of good basketball program? No. It's not true anymore, and it hasn't been true. And like winning this. the Big Ten regular season doesn't do much for us because the Big Ten's terrible. I don't the like... The Big Ten I, got wiped I, I don't in like, the March Madness. I don't... Well, first of all, March Madness is a crapshoot. I don't put... A t- but I understand what you're saying. I, I, I don't want to debate that. I don't want to debate how good the Big Ten is and how good we can tell the Big Ten is based on results in March Madness. That's not what I want to debate. Before I let you go, Vagabond John, I just don't love... I don't love Badgers fans all coming together and like accepting this is our new reality, right? Well, we're not as good as North Texas, or we shouldn't expect this. We shouldn't, we're not the team that we were four years ago. Well, the more we accept that we're not that team anymore, the more we become the team that wasn't that team. I'm tripping over my words, but you know what I mean? Like, I feel like Badgers fans, led by you, we're slipping into this. We're accepting this. I don't like that. No, it's, it's, we're, we're trying to live in a gray area, and I'm a black and white guy, right? Uh. On one hand, I'm being told I'm a lunatic if I want to fire a guard because I think there's a coach. I think that there's a human being out there that can bring Wisconsin back quite quickly to national prominence, right? I think there is a human being out there that is probably better than Greg Gard in order to do that. But there's so many of us, and we're in the Midwest. We hate change, right? We hate it. There's so many of us that are like, oh, can you really fire a guy that, you know, oh, he had a couple good years. I don't know, Jim, right? And it's just we want to hold on to it. So at the same time you're telling me you don't want to be uh, accepting of slipping into mediocrity, while at the same time, you know, we're not willing to talk bad about these players. We're not willing to fire coaches. We're not willing mm. to make okay. the move to change anything. I get you there. But as a Wisconsin sports fan collective, which one is it? Are you willing to ride out Greg Gard? We kind of know who he is. He's been around six years, right? If you want to continue down this path, we need to accept that it's not going well, right? The program has absolutely no depth. There's no pieces that you're really excited for coming back next year, except for one, that's Connor Asijan. Name one player you're excited to, to return to this roster, right? And, you know, I'm hyped for Gus Bus, but he's an unknown because he's coming in and recruits. We all went through it with Graham Mertz. We don't know what will happen. Uh, it's just if you are accepting that we should keep Greg Gard, then it's difficult for me to accept, you know, well, I don't think we should view ourselves as mediocre. Well, we are. So until we're not, that's what we are. And I'm a black and white guy, so it's like if we're going to be mediocre, right. let's not expect to dominate against North Texas. All right. Also, they're a good team, and I don't know why you would call a timeout against the nation's number one set defense. Uh, in a scramble situation when the game prior, you won the game on the exact same situation without calling a timeout. So I am not going to tell him what to do. I hear you. I have to move on, Vagabond John, because I just saw what time it is. I appreciate you. Thank you for calling in. It was nice to hear from you. Yes, sir. Later. Later. I also got a tweet from... uh, I don't remember who who, who is this. Some of you have odd Twitter names, and I never know what to call you. Uh... This guy's Twitter name is Bandoli's Bronx Bombers 27. Uh, and he tweeted at me. He's like, what's this guy's handle? Uh, he's at The Real Red Shed on Twitter. Uh, if you want to follow Vagabond John. I don't I don't blame Greg Gard a ton for calling that timeout. I understand it didn't work. And a lot of people didn't like it in the moment. I get that. I also feel like we complained a lot this year at end of game situations that they didn't have anything drawn up. 
well, so what was the plan? To just have Chucky dribble around and then fire a three? And I think Greg Gard and the Badgers have probably heard that all year. It's like, oh, you don't like when we don't draw plays up? Okay, let me take a timeout. We'll draw something up. And they got right there at the rim, and Tyler Wall just didn't want to take the shot. So I, I don't know. I'm not going to hold that over Greg Gard. Bummed about the game. I'm bummed that none of the players could make a shot for nine minutes. But the timeout decision is lower down my list. Let's take a three-minute break. We'll come back, continue the show after this. It's the Wisco Sports Show. This is the Wisco Sports Show with Grant Bills on the Wisconsin Sports Zone Radio Network. 